This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome back to the movie podcast. It is 2024. My name is still Daniel and joining alongside me for the first time this year. It's Anthony. Hi, Anthony. What's up? Happy New Year, everyone. It's wild. It's it's like we never left, man. It's like we 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 left for a little bit, but we're like, no, we're right back into you know the rigmarole of the movie podcast life. Constantly working, constantly thinking of what to do in the new year, and here we are. We're already starting off the new year with a huge bang. We are, and and here's the thing. You know, this is January second. This is only day two of our master plan for 2024 (laughs) so we have a lot of great episodes coming out your way over this week a lot of these are interviews that we did either in december leading up to our break but we wanted to start the year off right because we know a lot of you are going back to work a lot of you are you know starting your new year in the best way possible and that's what the movie podcast so thank you so much for hanging out with us as always you could catch a brand new episode of our show all throughout the week we have lots of reviews lots of interviews and lots of main episodes coming your way all year round so make sure wherever you listen to us whether it's on podcast feeds it's on youtube you subscribe you drop us five stars you leave a comment leave a like a like goes such a long way for us check out our show notes below because we have our discord in there we have all the links you need to know and of course we have our social media pages where you could follow us on tiktok Instagram, Letterbox. Anthony said he's going to start using Letterbox this year. I actually did. I actually, at the end of the year, the last movie we did, we reviewed, I used Letterbox. So here we are. We're st- I'm still on track and on using. I haven't watched anything yet. So, <laughs> um, but I will be holding up my end of that uh, that uh, New Year's resolution. I will continue to use Letterbox. I love it. Also, a big milestone that we have to shout out, and we'll talk about it more on a main episode. We just hit 1 million views on a single video on TikTok. And for those listening or watching, you may think, well, so what? A million views. That's a huge deal for us. So 1 million views. That's not on on total. Total views, obviously, we're way past that. But on one single episode, one single video, we hit 1 million views. And I feel like we were going crazy leading up to it. We were just like refreshing, refreshing, waiting to see that ticker hit 1 million, literally like that scene in the social network. Anthony, how did you feel, you know, waking up to, you know, being millionaires, basically? <laughs> yeah. Being, being millionaires, <laughs> TikTok millionaires. Um, yes. You know, it was, it's just, it's nice to see like something that you've created, like be shared and seen a million times. It's like a huge accomplishment. Like again, when we do these videos and we do these stories, we always want to, you know, get our show across and let people know who we are. But it's amazing to see that a million people watched that story and enjoyed it and wrote comments and liked it and shared it with whoever was a huge Percy, whoever is a huge Percy Jackson fan. It's just nice to see our work be seen. Yeah. And I think that's it at the end of the day. And we'll hopefully hit that milestone again 
in 2024. We have a lot of great episodes planned. And, you know, speaking of Percy Jackson, there is a wrestling connection because what's going on today? Today on the movie podcast, we have a dynamic duo of special guests. Sean Durkin, the director of The Iron Claw, which was one of my favorite films of last year. Anthony, I know you loved it as well, too. Shay loved it. Uh, what an incredible film. We have Sean Durkin joining us for a conversation on the film. We also have Matthew Hannum, who is the editor of The Iron Claw, also joining us. These are two separate discussions that we'll be kicking to very, very soon. But we had such a great conversation with them. It was so incredible to go inside their minds get their inspirations hear their you know their reasonings for or how they did things or why they did things or how they shot things it was so fascinating and i think just hearing from sean and hearing from matt about how much love they have for this world and how i think intrinsic it was to them when they were editing because they were wrestling fans and how they would do those shots or do those edits like that's that's part of them so to be able to tell the story it's pretty incredible. So I'm so glad they that they hung out with us to tell it. Yeah, when I was reflecting over the interview, I I really realized that you know, Sean was was and still is a huge wrestling fan. And when you have a pairing like that, where someone who's very passionate about uh, you know historical wrestling and wants to tell a story that they grew up with. And not just that they, you know, like directors, when they take these things, they, you know, sometimes you take a story and you, you make a movie out of it, but like, this is so much more to Sean than normally a movie would be. And you literally see it in this film. That's why this film is so well done and so well liked and the passion that goes across on screen, you see it. That's, that's what I loved about this interview. It's like, man, this guy wasn't just, this wasn't just another story. This was something he was so passionate about that he wanted to share with the world and, here it is like we get to talk to him we get to, to experience what he was what he was going through what he was experiencing while shooting it what i really love too is that sean and matt also worked together previously on the nest which is another film that we love that came out in 2020 uh one that came out again everything that came out during that that first year of covid feels like it was just almost lost the time sometimes when you when you reflect back to it but the nest is one that i've been dying to go back to if you have not watched it yet go watch it it is a great film um and the iron claw what more can we say about it we have a review out right now we're gonna have some really great video versions on socials from this interview so if you want to go check that out do it if you want to see our lovely faces talking with matt and with sean go check out the video version on youtube and go watch the iron claw now in theaters i want to say thank you to our friends at elevation pictures and a24 for making these interviews happen for us. We have lots more coming this year. We're just getting started. So without further ado, please welcome Sean Durkin and Matthew Hannum to the movie podcast. Hey, Matt, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you guys? We're doing so well. My name's Daniel. I'm Anthony. Hi, Daniel. Hi, Anthony. We're just so delighted to be talking with you today. Um, we loved The Iron Claw. We we truly loved it. And we've been itching to talk to you about it we're so excited to talk to sean about it uh we're huge fans of wrestling so being able to be in a world like that and see what you guys were able to pull off it, it's one of our favorite films of the year and it's, we just wanted to congratulate you on it thank you i like it too I'm glad you like it. <laughs> that's good that's really important and i think what's what's really cool for us is you know you're reteaming with sean after the nest which is another film that we loved you know how did you two meet and how did your relationship evolve from that first film to The Iron Claw? I was a big fan of Sean's and we met 
through mutual friends, the um, composers uh, Danny Bansi and Sonar Jurians, they they scored this movie I edited called Enemy. Yeah, yeah. And and they had scored Martha Marcy, May Marlene, Sean's first film. And I ended up uh, through that connection cutting a movie called James White, and it was uh, produced by Sean. It's part of their old company called Borderline Pictures, and so or Borderline Films, I can't remember. I think Borderline Films. Um, so yeah, so we got together, and uh, after that, he called. He asked me that it's next film, and that ended up it was going to be a different project, and it ended up being the nest, and and we got close, and now we're doing it. That's really really cool. I, I, I the nest came out during a time where movies weren't being watched as frequent because it was during COVID. I remember watching like, yeah, this is such a great film and so well edited, and I love the aesthetic to it. But like, it just yeah, more got a bum deal. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, you know, if like the Iron Claws sort of got more, you know, I, I don't know. I, I hope people see The Nest. I love The Nest. Both of us were just like, man, it's such a fucking good movie. It is. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. Now, what does your process look like with Sean? Are you editing as he's shooting? Is it like daily stuff or is it something yeah. that you're waiting for principal photography? No, we do. We do. Like Sean and I, you know, we kind of talk a lot before the movie starts and talk about references and stuff and then i'm just kind of getting the data leads and cutting them um we don't work from an assembly so it's really just for me to get to know the footage and and um you know i I sort of give feedback and talk to them throughout the shoot and we talk about you know like what like i do with any director like what's really working and what's maybe like whatever and um and then yeah and then when we start we just kind of sit down together and open the first bin and just sort of say like what do you think and we cut it together um which is a really great way to work because you kind of get through the first two cuts at once you know it takes a little longer but we're able to discover together rather than you say well i don't know if that works you know so it's like it's a great way a great way to do it i'm curious too because with the iron claw you're you're covering such a, a large time frame how does that work for you guys like are, are you ever there just like man like okay uh, making sure the honest is staying track because like, again we weren't lost and th- i think that's a testament to like how well the story was told is that you're seeing these years uh, uh, play in front of you so how much thought are you guys going to that to make sure like the audience is staying like keeping track of where time is progressing and things like that i mean it was a trick it's a trick with any movie that takes a long that like that covers a lot of distance um and we had to work on it you know as we were showing the film to people we really had to look at like okay let's make sure people are tracking because you know they don't get that much older but significant periods of time pass so the trick was trying to make the time jumps feel like they really uh were expanding their worlds and so you know he they are dating they get married they have a baby uh, and then they have two kids who are like five, you know, so you kind of have those markers, but it actually wasn't enough for people. And we ended up doing little things like, uh, we developed, we, you know, came up with this idea to have the match cards and some of the more wrestling centric graphics and stuff. And so we're like, okay, let's just throw the date on of the match down there, you know, things like that, that just sort of make you aware of time because it is always really hard and it's in, and I think it helps story if people are like oh it's been five years okay cool you know so um yeah we were just kind of like trying to find any way without smashing you in the face to say time has passed yeah because it's so easy to get caught up in that world of like okay now i'm now i'm trying to keep track of too many 
dates and times and you're not paying attention to the story and these characters but you guys really found that balance with the iron claw which is great i I think you're right i think that's right you don't want to be thinking about it or wondering you know it's the same as like if it's a period piece you want people to know okay it's it's the 80s because you don't want people like why don't they have cell phones you know like (laughs) you you really want you want it to be clear for for me and daniel we we watched the dark side of the ring episode that's based on mm-hmm. Eric. So we were going through the checklist as the movie is progressing. Like, yep, that's how, like, this is in real time, what it was like to watch the documentary, but now in a, in a more cinematic uh, value. Did you watch that episode of the dark side of the ring? Yeah. Jason's a friend of mine who makes that. Um, I, I did. I saw it. Uh, I thought it was so great. And we talked to Jason about this project and, um, you know, it's, it's like, uh, I mean, I love the dark side of the ring. It's, it's incredible. I'm so happy. I'm so happy that the wrestling is sort of kind of showing up again. I was such a big fan as a kid and there's a great, are you guys in Toronto? Where are you guys? We're in Toronto. We're in Toronto. There was an amazing wrestling show called, um, the law that was on fan 590 when I was a kid, it was like a, a podcast and it was amazing. So there's all this great history there. I'm glad that did you have a favorite wrestler? growing up who did i love i mean i liked all the freaks you know like i i was i was really in into um like doink the clown and like the whole degeneration next thing i loved um who are those guys with like the uh, they were called like the i don't know they like the red and black shoulder pads Ooh, uh, legion, um, of legion of doom i loved um and then i mean when i was a kid i was a hogan fan you know um but then also because i'm from winnipeg so i got really into like edge and christian mm-hmm. you know and chris jericho I, I mean i love chris jericho it's so cool seeing yeah like like you were saying the wrestling coming back in this form and i think the iron cloud is going to really help put wrestling on on that world stage especially with the performances in this film and um i think that's something that a lot of people going into this film what anthony and i were talking about who aren't familiar with the von eric family uh you know we're this is going to be coming out obviously after the film releases so when you when you do that cuts to you know carry you know missing you know his his foot and things like that there's so many shock moments in this film and it, it really is a, a tragic story of this von eric family so i think um what i what we were talking about was how it's so special that this film isn't like condemning the family or anything like that it really is a celebration of who this family was yeah it was really important they were sean's heroes as a kid like he really he really loved the von erics and and um the you know this is all over all the press but like the one thing kevin said to sean was like i just want all i care about is that the world knows that i love my brothers and we loved each other and it wasn't, I mean, I think one of the characteristics of Sean's filmmaking, we talk about this a lot, is like we never want to judge anyone. And so if people are doing things, you want them to come by honestly and not have the movie tell you how to feel about it, which I think makes an, a more engaged experience for a viewer. And, um, you know, it was very important to us that all these guys uh, were, were depicted really, really with care and respect. So I, I'm glad that you felt that way, but that's kind of the thing with the nest and Martha too. It's like, you're not saying these are bad people, you know? And, and I think it's a better way to depict bad things happening. If you're not saying like, oh, that, look how sad it's like, it's why the funerals aren't like doom fests and things like that. You know, like it's more about a fact and an experience rather than like a, a judgment or a celebration of loss or something. And, you know, and, and earlier we were talking about, uh, you were talking about like, 
showing time and putting the dates on screen and having those promos cut in. We loved how those promos were showcased in this film because they felt like such like moments. They were such like like exclamation marks in the film. And we love that you guys made it look very like analog and, you know, through like the pixels of a TV. Was that something that was on the script side or was that something they're like, you know, let's show it this way when you were putting the film together? It was something Sean and I came up with um, while actually while we were shooting the kernel of the idea came up and we sort of said you know there's a lot of wrestling and the matches were all shot in their entirety and so we started talking about like how are we going to differentiate and we're like well what about like what if some of it happens on tv and um you know the, the movie was shot on 35 millimeter um and then we we ended up doing this process where we we reshot the promos on uh, an old television and wow. then and used that so it was um it is it's like a tv from the era that i got my, i have these amazing friends uh who i worked with on my last film white noise in cleveland and they do all they have like this great rig where they shoot they, they developed it for white noise where they shot the television and so when we brought it into the di with like the finished visual effects and everything what you're looking at is a real television and a real pixels which i think you can't fake with with visual effects you know it's that's it's so just cool. it looks unreal you know yeah it looked they were they were some of the highlights of the film for us outside of the actual wrestling itself which was pretty phenomenal I'm so glad those are our favorite things it's because it, it really puts it back into that type that era right like that 80s era of that wrestling and when you think of it you think of star wipes you think of the cross wipes and and the way you just described how you captured it, it's pretty amazing that you know, that that we could do that now. Like it's it's super cool. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with it. We also did um the we you know we didn't use the real WCCW intro on the TV, and but we kind of collected a bunch of them and had these guys in LA called Filmograph. This guy Aaron who who just like he helped helped us make this amazing, totally authentic feeling uh opening with our characters in the tv you know it's like it just i'm glad you're picking out the details because you put a lot of work into them like a lot a lot of work goes into that and a lot of thought and i think it does count you know like i think it adds up to something that feels a little bit more authentic it does and i think you you guys leave it all on the screen in this one because it really does feel so authentic so real it feels like you're watching a film of that time and it, it really is special it really is special what you guys have put together thanks guys i'm so happy you know another authentic part that we notice is the wrestling and the way the wrestling's edited in the ring it really felt like this is something i would have watched on tv was that something that you kind of went back to and looked at old videotapes of how they captured it how they would cut to a hit or a bump or the fans reaction because it it felt like i was there i, I was in that era with those people in the crowd but well, i'm got i don't i i have to say i think it like must just be in my dna but <laughs> i i did i watched a bunch of wrestling um i can't say that i i can't say that i was matching for it i really was just trying to make it feel great um what we did do i think is that we changed the way the wrestling wrestling was presented mostly in the photography where it starts out like quite wide observational and then as we go to espn it's more in the ring and we change the sound mix to be more in the in the sort of tv world and then at, later it becomes more internal like the rick flair fight and that stuff feels really sort of um 
heavy and personal. So, you know, a lot of that stuff was, was story de- like focused, trying to make it feel like time was passing with the way we were presenting it. Um, there was a decision they made to not use any video cameras, which I am so glad we didn't do because I think it really would have brought up a lot of stuff, you know, like, Oh, is that video too clean? I think we'd get in our heads about it. So we wanted to just do it in the one format and then try to do the rest with feel on vibe and like style. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a amazing to start watching wrestling again, but old wrestling was very different the way that they recorded it, you know, and the new wrestling, which is what the Von Erich sort of invented was this more visceral, closer style we just kind of went for it you know it looked, it looked very very cool um you know as as we're we're closing up I, I, we wanted to ask you were there any films that you looked at in preparation for this one you know outside the world of wrestling were you looking at any films that you or you know just the, the look of these films you're like you know what i want to try and either get inspiration from this or emulate something like this for the iron claw yeah yeah there were definitely i mean i watched almost every boxing movie i could um you know i don't think it's original to say raging bull but i definitely looked at raging bull for this movie because of the time passage and the way that that was handled um and and the other one was the godfather you know the godfather was a big one for us because there's this sort of like central character in the background always watching um those were a couple and and then uh deer hunter was another big reference for us that sort of we wanted to do this epic story of brotherhood and togetherness and and the connection that spans life a lifetime so i would say those are the the top three plus like criterion had a wrestling collection i just ate it up you know uh, i watched everything there's a you know there's a there's a the, sh- the scene where we see um them watching like the japan fights and then it cuts back mm-hmm. to the living room and the, you see the staircase it just it really is such a like that i think that gave us chills when we were when we were watching that so there's uh there's so much that we love in this film and and we're just so grateful that we were able to talk to you about it. i really hope we get to talk to you for your next project because uh this this is yeah. special we're so excited for everyone to watch it call me anytime guys <laughs> thank you so much Matt. thanks later sean how are you hi i'm good thanks how are you guys we're doing so well i'm just got to tell you we love the iron claw so much and it's truly blew us away this year it's one of our favorite films and we're just counting down the days until we could go see it again in the theater so thank you <laughs> so much for this one that's awesome thanks so much what was it about the von erics that made you want to tell their story i just i really loved them when i was a kid um you know i was i was living in england and and uh it was the late 80s so the heyday of the sportatorium and wccw had passed but i was really into wrestling and wrestling history and eventually came across them on some old tapes and magazines and um just loved wccw loved the way it looked loved them they were just rock stars in this way that i I don't know it was just i felt like close to it i felt it felt different it felt energized in this way that i just it was like my dream wrestling so that was the base and then i got to see carrie live a bunch of times in wwf in the 90s early 90s and so i think that solidified that love for them um and then when he died it really haunted me i I remember where i was when i found out um i knew that other brothers had died um so i just i connected to them and and just yeah they stayed with me 
it's so surprising because we learned about this story recently because we watched one of the episodes of Dark Side of the Ring, which talked about the Von Erics. And I didn't, I like, I, I came at the end of that era of, of uh, the Texas tornado. I didn't know this, this history with the family. So when we watched that episode, it was really, really shocking to see like this whole family and the tragedy it went, they went through. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, stranger than fiction stuff. You know, it's just the amount of tragedy too, and the amount that's not in the movie. And I, and, you know, it was, it was, it was amazing like that, you know, I'd, I'd been working on this trip for a long time. And when that dark side of the ring series came out, it was, I was so excited because it was like another, you know, someone else trying to access wrestling in this way that I hadn't seen that I was also trying to do. So it just felt so exciting that people were starting to examine wrestling in this way that I was really interested in examining. And um, yeah, and and so, so we had one of the big struggles was just like how crazy their story is and how much you can fit in a, actually fit in a movie. Yeah, and, and there's a lot to fit in this film. And I think something that, you know, Auntie and I and our, our co-host always spoke about when we spoke about when we were talking about the film recently was that it never feels like you are like condemning the family. This is a celebration of who they were. And I think that's so important. And that shines through your direction and the story that the Iron Claw is, right? I think uh, I, I'm curious for you, was that ever a balance for you tone wise when you were working on the script where you're where you're feeling like, am I, you know, leaning too much into the hardships and why this like what happened is bad? Or am I celebrating the more like, what was that like for you balancing that? Constant balancing act of wanting to look at as much as i could without overpacking it you know like there's so many stories that don't and storylines that didn't make it into the film that i not only wrote but visualized you know and like wanted to explore but at the end like it was just a series of decisions about how to focus it how to make it an actual movie um so it was just it's that constant balance through, through the edit of like where are we going to where is it too much where is it not enough where is it you know do we need more celebration do we need more emotion it's a constant balancing act what we love so much when when that picture dropped of zach efron and harris dickinson and jeremy allen white um with their like their backs turned and we just knew we're like okay this sean has it he's he's got it you have an incredible cast in the iron claw what was it about that trio and just the family in general that you're like these are uh, these are the Von Erichs. They need to be my Von Erichs. And I would love for you to talk about them. Well, I, I'm fans of all those guys. Actually, at this entire cast, um, with the exception of Stanley, who was a discovery from casting. But um, everybody else, uh, from Maura and Lily, um, uh, you know, Zach, Jeremy, Harris, all like, I've been fans of theirs. So it was sort of this dream cast to put together and and i think what i looked for was just a you know starting with zach looking for a like i knew he had the physicality i knew he's the performer that he is i'm a, f- a huge fan of his i've always wondered what he'd feel like in one of my worlds but, but the core to kevin is this kindness <laughs> and it's a very quiet kindness so i don't think it's one that can be performed it has to be there you have to feel it and i felt it from meeting him and so he he, that was sort of my way in with him and jeremy i've known forever we worked together a long time ago um and for for him it was the the intensity of carrie and that sort of inner turmoil of carrie um and then harris 
it just has an ease about him. And David just had this ease. Everything, you know, and Kevin says it like everything was easy to David. You know, he, he didn't need to work as hard as the other the other guys worked really hard. David was like, yeah, whatever. And he was like the most naturally talented. And Harris has a bit of that energy. And so it was just trying to like starting as being fans of theirs and that, you know, together they look great. And then the silhouette being right, like David was the tallest. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and obviously Carrie is like, there are very few humans on earth the size of carrie never mind <laughs> um so making sure you know and sort of leaning into the sort of earlier days of the family um where carrie wasn't that large and 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 making that the silhouette so that as a as a trio they really looked like them without getting too obsessive with like you know making them look too closely like them definitely definitely now you were really the first director to capture rick flair on the big screen what was it like to recreate those iconic moments in the ring as well as those iconic promos that you see rick flair and wherever you see his videos on youtube or tiktok what was it like to just like recreate those things again not sure i've ever had so much fun as that <laughs> uh aaron dean Eisenberg, who plays rick flair i worked with him um i'd worked with him like a year earlier on a TV show, came in and did an episode me, for me. And he, I'd been a fan of his and he, he came into this episode and he was just like played this kind of guy, this guy with like a bit of a screw loose kind of like, <laughs> uh, just unpredictable. And then, uh, you know, I was in prep for this and I was like, oh, Aaron should do Ric Flair. So I called him and I was like, yeah, well, you, uh, you know, it's only a day, you know, or day and a half, but, and we'll take some prep, but will you do it? And he's like, sure. Uh, yeah. Well, what is it? And I was like, Rick Flair. He's like, yes, I'll play Rick Flair. Are you kidding me? And so we started together actually like building out the promo. Like we really worked on that together, like, um, and sort of taking this like best bits and like, you know, finding the themes because it was really important to me, the movie as a whole. And it's really represented in those Rick Flair sections of like, they're about, very clear themes and wrestling allows you to say those themes but to do it both in a serious way like rick flair says the most concise meaningful thing about masculinity in the whole film and he's just doing it in this absurd way and i think that that really captures wrestling right like wrestling yeah. for all its extremes like hits at truths that audiences relate to and it's why audiences are so emotional and passionate about the wrestlers they love um because something truthful hits them and so yeah yeah playing with that with rick flair especially where it comes in the film where it's like kevin's lowest low point and just to have that lift was just really exciting we were speaking with your editor matt about how you recreated those and they you shot those on real tvs authentic to the time which is absolutely incredible and something i'm going to look we're going to look for next time we watch it but really quickly sean as we just we wrap up we just again we're so grateful for you sharing your time uh, we just have to ask you, you know, Bret Hart introduced the Iron Claw in Calgary at a recent screening. What does that what does that mean to you as a fan of wrestling growing up and seeing someone from that world introducing a film that you're making? And would you ever consider, you know, telling the Hart family story one day, too? Well, I didn't know that that happened. So thanks for telling me. Um, uh, but Bret Hart is my all time favorite wrestler. He's my number one. Uh, so uh, that means a lot. Uh I love that family too. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't rule anything out. I, I mean, I actually got asked this in a QA last night. And I, it, I can't, you know, it, it's been a huge undertaking to get into to the wrestling world and to portray it. Um, 
I often thought like, yeah, that would be it. I, I can't imagine doing it again, but I don't know if I could fully say that, you know, it's, it's not, it's, it's certainly not, I wouldn't, I would not say it's fully out of my system. <laughs> you got you. Sean, thank you so much for your time. Again, we absolutely adore this film. We cannot wait to watch it again. Uh, we hope we get to talk to you again and we wish you happy holidays. Happy new year to you and your family. Thanks guys.